Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out, as always, at the studios, Relay365.com. And we, uh, we're enjoying hanging out here. We, uh, it's located on the campus of Silbert Ranch, which is fun. Uh, we're preparing for another great summer. So if you're interested in uh, joining us, I encourage you to head over to silbertranch.org slash summer, and we'll have a blast. And we have several spring retreats um, that you could check out. Uh, one that I want to highlight um, is our spring men's retreat, which actually Absolutely. you uh, speak for, Dave. I do, and I'm looking forward to that. If you're a man out there and you want to come up for a weekend and and just be in the North Woods with a bunch of other men, come on up, check it out, silverretranch.org. Go there and uh, take a look at the retreats that yep. we have. And retreats and adult retreats, right and you'll up see online. the spring men's retreat. And uh, it's yeah. very affordable, and it's a great time of the year. I think it's like the first weekend of May, yeah. if I'm correct. And I really want to have so many people here this year. Last year, if you remember, we had this pandemic thing happen. And March, they kind of shut us down. Yeah. And I kept saying in my head, I'm looking forward to the men's retreat. We're going to get out of it. And let's get the men up here. Let's get the men up here and get out of this dilemma. Yep. We had to close. We couldn't get them up here. That's right. So now I'm thinking, let's get them up here this year. Go forward. So please, if you're a guy out there, you haven't been away for a while, let's get away. Come on up in the spring. Go look it up, and we will uh, enjoy being together here in the Northwoods. It'll be fun. Yep. Last program. Last one, we were talking about the importance of you as a parent, you and your wife, yep. um, being the example and, and setting the priorities for your children and how they learn. Yep. And if you missed that episode, I encourage you to re- go to Relate365.com and click on the Younger and Older podcast. That way you can get caught up on the discussion. You don't have to do it now. You can do it later. Yeah. I just want to because let you know it's out there. It's really important that parents realize they are responsible for making sure their children learn what they're supposed to learn. Yeah. And they should really keep children from things they shouldn't be seeing and shouldn't be learning. Uh, I'll share a principle with you that I've shared with a couple other young guys that have really thought about this and it made sense to them. You have to be careful about the information that you get in life because every bit of information you have to do something with. Mm-hmm. For example, if you are asking me something like, um, why do you you know, uh, l- well, let's say in a, in a business situation, yep. somebody gets fired, right? Yeah. Yep. So let's say I'm the boss, somebody gets fired, and you come to me and say, oh, what happened there? And I say, well, he's not here anymore. Mm-hmm. And you say, well, there's more details to, to it than that. Right, but I'm not telling you what they are. Right. Now, you can get mad at me because I'm not telling you what they are, but here's what I know. If I tell you anything, you have to deal with it. Right. So if I tell you, well, well... not only that, but you're not allowed to tell. Well, you're not. That's legal. But it, yeah. it, just set the legal thing aside now. Sure. Any information you get, you're yeah. going to have to deal with. For example, let's go to a church prayer meeting. Yes. And people are saying, you know, Mrs. Jones, she's, she's strung out on heroin, you know, because uh, she was in the hospital, had her hip replaced. They gave her heroin for a painkiller. Now she's a drug addict. You know, okay. Mm-hmm. Now you have to do something with that information. Yeah. It, you you may not have even wanted to hear it, mm-hmm. but you did hear it. Yep. It's not like you can hear it and it, it doesn't affect you. Mm-hmm. It will affect you, I promise. Yeah. So here's what you have to do with it. You have to say, well, I'm going to forget it, but you never will because you already heard it and you just said you're going to forget it, so therefore you've reinforced it. It'll always be there. Secondly, you could say, uh, oh, man, this lady, I understand. You can go in the hospital and get on painkiller drugs and be in trouble. Man, I, I'm going to go help her all I can. I'm going to pray for her. I'm going to go 
sit with whatever I need to do. Okay, you could do that with the information. Mm -hmm. You could judge her with the information. You go, well, she's not strong enough. Okay, you could do whatever, but you're going to do something yeah. with the information. Likewise, you're watching television. Mm -hmm. You see a violent scene. You say, well, I, I'm, no, you're going to do something with that. Right. So I would encourage you, if you have children, you're not legalistic if you really guard what goes into their head. Mm -hmm. You're not legalistic if you guard what goes into your head. Don't listen to gossip. Don't listen to rumor. Know the information you need to know. And if you have information, make sure you do something healthy with it. Yeah. Because you don't need to know things that make you jealous, angry, envious, covetous. Th those aren't things you need to know. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the stuff on television that are reporting, maybe this might have happened, that might have happened. It might be better that you don't hear all that. Mm -hmm. I would turn it off. Yeah. And I wouldn't let your kids get in the middle of it right now because they have to do something with it. Mm -hmm. um, with that in mind, I think there's some other things that children just need to, uh, to learn. And I think you as a parent need to teach them. So let me go through uh, a few things. Okay. First one, do you want your children to learn uh, to try to do things? In other words, do you want them to be uh, self-starters and go and say, I want to I learn how to whatever and not be afraid to try mm -hmm. okay so what atmosphere do you have to create so that they're they do that you gotta let them fail okay exactly you gotta let them willing to try and will you know willing to fail Has, have you and your wife ever talked about the importance of accepting failure uh here and there yeah okay i, I would encourage you to be intentional about talking to your wife about it. say you know what what I want to be able to do is two things. I, I want to be able to make sure that our kids know they can go out and try things. And when they fail, you know, my dad's famous line to me was, well, you learned how not to do that. Right, right. You know, okay, never got in trouble. Mm -hmm. Now, you would if you do it twice, by the way. I yeah. would if I didn't learn from it. Mm -hmm. And I learned that too. But the first time it was, okay, well, son, you learned. That's not how you do that. Yeah. That allowed me tremendous freedom in life to go out and try things. Mm -hmm. And and my mom and dad were not condemning for trying. Mm. The only time I would be, if you want to call it condemned, and it wasn't really condemned but reprimanded, okay. was not trying. Yeah. Go out there and try it. I mean, I got cut from an Oka baseball team. I got, you know, it's like, okay, but you tried. Yeah. You know what you found out in baseball, Dave? No, you're no good. Mm-hmm. How many parents can say that to their kids? You know, I mean, that's not your thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I did find that out. Okay, so don't play it. Go play something else. And I became a football hockey player. You know, I mean, it was one of those things where you think, oh, yeah, but I tried. I didn't do well. Mm -hmm. I didn't like it. I didn't do well at it. And I was told, okay, so you failed. Yeah. Get on with life. Now, if you want to, I remember once talking to my dad saying, you know, I'm not a very good basketball player. He says, well, you don't try. Says, what do you mean, Dad? I, you know, natural, natural. Goes, no, go out there. and You do 1,000 free throws a day. Mm -hmm. You want to be a good basketball player? Go out and spend the time at least to try. Right. I said, I don't want to do it. He says, well, then you're not going to be a good basketball player. I mean, that's, don't, don't play games here. Like, I'm not gifted. Mm -hmm. You might not be gifted, by the way. If you go do 1,000 free throws a day and you still can't make one, then you're not gifted. Then probably go be a scientist. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> clearly that's uh, the next clearly, thing. Clearly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it's been, it was a fun journey growing up in an atmosphere where I could try. Yeah. 
and not be condemned. You've seen me do stupid things. Yeah. I mean, what someone else might consider stupid, mm -hmm. uh, whether it be uh, cutting a pad of paper on a bandsaw or whatever else. You know, if I fail, I shrug my shoulders and go, boy, that didn't work. Yeah. But I don't condemn myself. That comes from something. Mm -hmm. And it also, there are things that you can look at in the ministry now after all these years that did work. Yeah. Because you're willing to try them. Yep. And work through the failures. So mm -hmm. I don't know how you set that up in your house, but I would encourage you to set that up in your house. Get mm -hmm. to the point where the kids, you and your wife are on the same page. I am not saying in any stretch of the imagination that once they boldly fail at something and they do it over and over again, that that's acceptable. See, the failure should teach something. And if it didn't, mm -hmm. then you got to step in and be a little harder. Yeah. Kind of thing. Because the failure should teach, don't do that. Right. There's also times where if common sense is lacking, mm -hmm. you, you might need to step in. Yeah. But I even remember my dad told me, you know, to go. I wanted to uh, learn how to change the oil on the car. Mm -hmm. Okay, Dave, you know how to do it. Oh, you know where the oil, yep, no, yeah, I know, Dad, I've watched it over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, here's the oil. Um, I'll come out in a little bit and check on you. Just, you can go do it. Yep. We, he even bought me ramps to put the car up. Oh, there you go. You know, so I thought, oh, cool. But again, what was my dad doing? Okay, you want to learn to change the oil on the car. I really don't want you under it. it there's not enough space. Let's go get those little ramps. We'll put it up, and you can change the oil. Yep. Now, I, it's really probably easier and cheaper to take it in and get it done back then. Hmm. But go ahead, Dave. Yeah. So first time I did it, you know, he comes out halfway, and he says, so show me what you're doing. So I put the oil in there. He goes, okay, Dave, let me show you. This that you put the oil in, Yeah, that's the radiator. You put the oil in the radiator? Yeah, I drained the radiator and put the oil in it. Oh, that's nice. Because I came in and told him I didn't have enough oil. Ah. And he goes, no, you have enough. So he came out. And, but he never got mad. Yeah. And he never got mad. He kind of he snickered, you know, like, okay, let's drain that. So did you have to clean it out then? or? Yeah, I guess oil isn't the worst thing for a radiator. Oh, you know, okay. I mean, you know, you just drained it out and, yeah. and put antifreeze back in there. I think antifreeze has... A little bit of greasy stuff in it anyway. Sure, and sure. I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I was a kid. Yeah. And no, that's however, yeah. we drained it out. And put And put normal stuff back yeah, in. Yeah, the... put normal. I, I, he might have called somebody and asked, you know, what to do exactly. But he didn't act like that was, you know, the first time he's ever seen that done. Yeah. So maybe he did it too at some point. I have no idea. Yeah. But the fun part for me as a kid was I didn't get in trouble for that. Mm -hmm. But I've never done it that way again. Yeah. Um. You you remember my dad's secretary, Berta. Yep. Well, even when I'm older up here, um, she at you know there was a um, she asked me if I would change her oil. Mm -hmm. Again, my history changing oil. I that's one thing I know how to do. So, okay, we have a shop here. I took it, changed it for her because you know she needed it changed. Yeah. So her her engine. She's going down two ninety four. Oh boy. And uh, her engine blew. Oh, no. And so, you know, she she was down. She lived in Park Ridge, Illinois, so she was going to her home. I, I, she got a tow truck, whatever, went to her home and get a call from her. goes, hey, Dave, just so you know, I'm not upset. By the way, I'm not upset, but my engine blew. I said, really? What happened? I mean, I've changed oil a yeah. hundred times. I, I couldn't figure out what in the world happened. She goes, well, you know, when you change the oil, there's that rubber gasket on the on the filter. 
and uh, it must have the the one that was on there must have stuck, and you put a second one on it, and it and at a certain pressure, it just leaked between them, out, mm. and it all came out on the highway. Oh, I said, you know what? You're right. I didn't check to see if that other it was really hard. It was up somewhere, you yeah. know, up where you couldn't see it, and I didn't check to see if that gasket. I, I never even thought the gasket wouldn't come off with the filter. Right. I'm thinking, oh, man, did I feel badly. She never made me feel bad. Hmm. It was, you know what, thank you for wanting to change my oil. I, That's fine, Dave. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I understand that the intent was not to blow up my engine. Right. The intent was actually to be nice to me. Mm-hmm. And I accept that. I accept that you were nice to me. And I thought, you know what, if everybody would live that way. Right. There'd be a whole lot less anxiety in the world. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, because honestly, I felt terrible. Mm-hmm. I felt like she could have crushed me at that moment because I was thinking, "Oh, that is at a big expense," and I just blew up your car. It was a Camry. Mm. It. She just she got a new engine and kept it till it was a billion miles anyway. Yep, and she honestly didn't care. Yeah. In that sense. Oh, yeah. She and wouldn't I, let me do it again. I believe that. Oh, well, she, yep. she said, no, I, I'll take it in. That's right. <laughs> so Thanks, like, David. No. Okay. But I just think how many parents need to be that to their children hmm. where their children realize there are lessons to learn in life. Some of them are tough to learn. But my parents are always helping me learn them. Mm-hmm. And they don't condemn me for what I don't know. Right. I tell you, it's a healthy environment mm. in that sense. And it will cost you a little bit, by the way. Yeah. You know, if you allow your children to make a mistake and you're watching it and you know you got to fix it, mm-hmm. it will cost you. Right. But it's well worth the cost, I think. So that make that's an easy one, I think, to set up. No, it makes sense. Yeah. 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 Uh, you want your kids to work hard. Yep. Okay. How do you teach a kid to work hard? What is hard? I think you model it. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things that you just do it, and the way that you do it is how you show it. Right. Yeah, they're going to learn the the work habit, the work ethic from you. And if here's where I think a lot of problems happen with uh, families in modern day. Mom and dad, everyone's doing something different, but Mm -hmm. nobody's together like working together. Yeah. They don't work together on anything. Yeah. They they live under the same roof. They entertain together. They eat maybe together, but they don't work together. Right. Um did you have um when you grew up, did you have chores? You had things you yep. had to do? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did too. Whether I mean, it was vacuuming or dusting or yeah. cleaning the windows or Doing yeah. the dishes or. Yep. You know, I remember my dad once, here's something you could do with your kids. And I've, I've told this story, so you've heard it. But uh, I remember, and I can't remember all the details, how it all worked out. But he basically wanted me to learn how to do something right. You know, how to do it and think about it without him giving me the instructions on every step of the way. Mm-hmm. So you'd think cutting the lawn was a simple process. Yeah, and of course he had taken me out, showed me how to use the lawnmower, all that kind of stuff. So that's not a big deal. And in Chicago, your lawn is about the size of a postage stamp anyway, so it's not like it was an overwhelming um, task. 
But one time he, he said something to this effect. He said, okay, I want you to give me a $5 job in the backyard. Mm-hmm. Now, but this is back in the 60s. Yeah. $5 was a huge amount of money Yeah, back then. And so it's like, Dave, if you cut the grass, I want you to go cut the grass, and if you do it absolutely perfect, I'll give you five bucks. Mm-hmm. But I will adjust to what I give you according to the job you do. Interesting. Yeah. So I went out there and gave me a buck. I said, Dad, I cut the grass. He goes, well, you didn't do a $5 job yet. Mm-hmm. I said, well, what do I need to do? He goes, you figure that out. <laughs> but it's not a $5 job yet. Yeah. And I'm sitting there scratching my head going, huh? You won't tell me? That's not fair? No, what was he teaching me? To do your best. You got to look at it and analyze it better. Yeah. You think you did a good job. Yeah. I'm telling you, you did a $1 job out of a five. Yeah. Go figure it out. Yeah. So I'm out there now looking at the place, and I go, all right, I didn't sweep the sidewalk. Swept the sidewalk, you know, put that away, went in, gave me another 50 cents. It's like, buck 50. Wait, I forget what the intervals were, but it, it, it took me a while to get to five bucks, mm-hmm. and he didn't help me. Yeah. But afterwards, you know, every time I did the grass after that, it was a $5 job. Yeah. Because I understood what that meant, and mm-hmm. he didn't tell me. I had to learn it. Yeah. So that was genius to me as mm-hmm. I look back on it. It, was, it. it forced me, you know, here's a guy who can make mistakes, you don't get penalized necessarily for the first one, and now had to figure out how to get it done right without somebody telling you all along the way how to do it. Mm-hmm. Yet he had something in his head. Yeah. How many young people, they grow up, they go work for somebody, whatever, if they have that skill. Mm-hmm. Um, even up here at camp, you know, working, um, my dad would have me always assist the, the, the professional that came up. So if you were coming up and you were a bricklayer, he had to... The, the bricklayers come up, and we put stone four feet up around the buildings. I would always be the guy that would get the rock, mix the mortar, bring the rock to him, that kind of stuff. So, and, and he always told me, Dave, I want you to make these guys successful. Mm-hmm. That's your job. Yeah, You're not to lay the rock. Your job is to make them successful. Yeah, And I would always think about that going, you know, what about me? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm successful if they're successful. Yeah. So what I had to learn is what kind of rock they like because they put different places. Each of the the bricklayers had different consistency. They called it the mud. You know the yep. They used so they had different consistencies in the mud, and 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 they wouldn't work if you gave them the wrong consistency. So you had to figure out that. You had to. He had me to the point where he said, "I want you to anticipate. I want." I, at the end of the day, I wanted you to anticipate everything they needed. I never want them to ask you. Mm-hmm. Now, think about it for a second. I'm, I'm 15 years old. Yeah. I want you to anticipate what this guy needs. Well, the only way to do that is to watch what he needs, what he's doing. Yeah. And so eventually, I made sure the rocks were sitting next to him when they wanted to put the next one up. The mud was always full on their thing. They're, they had the water they needed to drink. You know, and that was my goal. If At the end of a day... They did not have to ask for a thing. I win. Mm-hmm. I learned that with carpenters. I've learned that with anyone who worked up here. That was my job. Yeah. To the point where when those professionals came up there, it's asked for me to work with them. Mm. I, I never let a guy who was a, building a building, he used to have nail aprons, you know, and never ran out of nails in his nail apron. 
I would be watching to see how they were digging around. Mm-hmm. And, and everything was anticipated. Now, again, you learn that. You don't just pick it up accidentally. It's not a personality. Right. Later in life, I built my own stone chimney mm-hmm. in my house. I never had a lesson. But for years, I watched. I knew how to lay those rocks. Mm. I just never did. Yeah. But I knew how to. And guess what? I wasn't afraid to try. Yeah. And so now you come to my house. I have this stone chimney on the outside. I would have done even the brick on the inside, except for a friend of mine offered to do it. Oh, nice. They knew how to do it. But I thought, you know what? I know how to lay stone. Brick can't be all that different. I know my wife is not on the same page on that one because she would want to make sure that somebody had it at least level, you know, whatever it might be. Because she had to look at that a little bit more. She did. but And I agreed. I mean, I I guess if you're going to have to look at it in your living room forever, maybe you, you don't want to learn there. Right. Um, but I'm always, I, I always joke with some of the college girls that are up here and say, you know what, I, I really want to learn how to cut women's hair. <laughs> and they all did that. <laughs> but I can't find a volunteer. I can't. You know, I nobody, can't, I nobody can't wants why. me to experiment on them. You need to find somebody who's lining up for like St. Baldrick's Day or something. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, that's the principle I'm talking about, though. How yeah. do you. How do you take somebody, anybody, I don't care what the, the thing is, your you're guys, your boys growing up. Yeah. All right. How do you get them to be creative, work hard? Well, I think what my dad did was either intentional or accidentally genius. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be that he just needed someone to help these guys. Yeah. So that's how he did it. And he just did it in a, in a real fatherly way. Like, this will be good for my kid. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Go out there and work hard. Yeah. I get nothing for it. So. I encourage you the same way. If 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 it's somebody's working and up here somebody's always doing something, right? You know, as your as your kids get older, your oldest one as he gets as he gets older, you say, hey, why don't you go over there, and uh, and um, Jim, our carpenter guy, talk to him ahead of time. Say, can he work with you for an hour and just hand you stuff? Mm-hmm. This is what I'm trying to teach him. Yeah, I'm telling you, golden. Yeah, right there because Jim would do it. Oh yeah, and, and at the same point, your son would benefit. Yeah. And you would, and down the road, you're teaching them a skill that's invaluable. Right. You know, or, uh, you know, as they get older, high school, you know, we, we're shingling that building. I want you to take all the shingles up there. Mm-hmm. Dad, no, you can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how about, you can do it, figure it out. Yeah. <sighs> you know, I'm not saying everything I did was, it was easy, actually. And I tell you, there were times I was so mad at my dad. Mm-hmm. I, I just was, like, everyone else didn't have to do this. Why did I have to do it? Right. Everyone else mm-hmm. got to go swimming, and I have to go carry shingles. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, Dad, life's unfair. Son, they're not my kids. Mm-hmm. You are. Yeah. We're going to do this. Yep. Thing is, my dad, if he saw that, he'd pick up a bundle with me, and we'd carry them up together. Yeah. So it's like, okay, got it. You're not moaning either, so I guess I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Two things, you know, I mean, how to try, how to work hard. Uh, you want your kids to set goals. Yeah. Okay. At, at, at what age? I mean, it probably age appropriate. How do you, how do you get them to do that? You just walk through it. You know, one of the things that we just started with my oldest son is he's, he's had a, he's musically minded. Okay. He's had an interest in music and he's always wanted to learn drums. And so finally another staff member here plays drums. And I said, Hey, you would, could we pay you to do lessons? He's like, Oh yeah, sure. 
So my son started drum lessons a couple of weeks ago. And so part of that is to set goals. It's like, all right, and if you want to learn drums, it's not just going to lessons. You have to practice, you know, and do it on a regular basis to make it worthwhile. And so it's, it's been fun coaching him through that to get him to make sure that he practices enough and to set goals, you know, because then he could actually see, all right, if I practice more, then I get the hang of it more. Right. Sort of thing. And it's just a simple way. Right. You know, but so do, do you set the goal for him or is he set it? No, you know, even when it came to practicing, it's like, all right, Aiden, how long do you want to practice? Okay. You know, you know, how, you know how what much my time, dad did you know? that, that was different, I think, that yeah. was interesting to me still as I got older. Like for school, when it, every once in a while I bring home a grade from school he didn't like. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a big deal normally because I got A's and B's normally. I bring home a C, he didn't like it. Yeah. On anything, a test or whatever it might be. You know what he always had me do, though? He had me go back to the teacher. Yeah. And he forced me to do this and answer him later. I'd have to go back to the teacher and say, this grade is unacceptable to me. Hmm. What do I need to do yeah. to change this? Yeah. And I thought, Dad, I don't want to do that. That's what nerds do. I, I do. It doesn't matter, Dave. You're going to go back to that teacher and you're going to ask him what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to tell me what they say. Yeah. And then you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, whenever I did that, my grade went right up. <laughs> because first of all, the teacher knew I cared. Secondly, they gave me extra attention. Thirdly, I did what they said. Yeah. Okay. That that was pretty much a, a lesson learned, Dad. Thanks. So what I would do again, my son's taking drumming lessons. I, I or drumming, drum, whatever you call it. <laughs> Either one. It's drumming, drumming. That's right. Um, a, a good thing you could do is say, okay, you know, and go ask your teacher, how much time do you need to spend? Yep. You figure it out with him. Yeah. And then I want you to come to me and tell me the plan to fulfill what your teacher says you need to do. Mm-hmm. And and I'll work with you on making sure it fits in a, a yep. schedule that you know can actually work with our family and yeah. you know, whatever else you do. And I think that is invaluable again. It's like, right. no, I'm not setting it for you. You need to go ask somebody who knows, ask them how much time you should spend every day if it should be seven days a week, five, go ask him. Yeah. Then you come and talk to me, and you tell me how you're going to fulfill what this guy asked. So now all of a sudden, boy, you're in on the goal setting. He's got two people that are older than him he's checking in with. It's such a healthy environment at that point. Yeah. You know, it's like now he doesn't do it. You just look at him and go, what did you decide you were going to do? Mm-hmm. That's not what you and your wife did or your teacher did. It's like, what did you say you were going to do? Right. I need to be able to trust you. You need to be able to fulfill what you say you're going to do. Yeah. Boom. All of a sudden, goals are set, and he's learned how to keep them. And uh, you're the guy that's, you know, pre- helping that process along the way. Mm-hmm. I, I tell you, parents need to really, I think, turn the turn the screens off a little bit more. Yeah. Be intentional. I would sit down if you're, you know, sit down with your spouse or sit down by yourself if you need to, and write some goals out as far as what you would like to see things that you want to instill in your kids and then start dreaming about how it could be done. Yeah. And uh, and I think you'll find that life turns out a whole lot better down the road just because you were involved in the process. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I, th- I think that's important. And, and you got to start by trying, you know, and that's the thing is you just got to be willing. And like you said, it might cost you a little bit, 
you might have it to might. few out a few more dollars, but I think in the end, I think it's good dollars. I think of how much you're going to spend on college anyway. So good yeah, dollars. Yeah, it's a whole lot cheaper. It is for sure. Um, and it's better to have them learn when they're young and make the mistakes when they're young than to not have tried it. And then later on, it'll cost more and 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 who knows what. Yep. So. Uh, another great discussion here. I encourage you to head over to Relate365.com to uh, check out this discussion if you missed part of it or tune into other discussions. But for Jason and Dave here on Younger and Older, we will see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye.